We've been on a series for a long time, and uh, we're going to go into the last part beginning next week. And what I've, I've kind of taken a rabbit trail because we were going to have the men and women's teaching and, and, and talking about the benefits of the Word of God, and I want to finish that today. But what we're going to go into now probably for the rest of the year is on how to share the Word of God. Because Harvest Church is committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. And so we'll probably just review and then get into the last part because we want to learn how to share effectively the Word of God. Amen? Now, we said the man or woman that makes God's Word a priority in his or her life will become a better husband, wife, father, mother, leader, and Christian. And so... It's just been in my heart the last few weeks to to emphasize the importance of God's word. We need it every day. So we said that knowing the heart of God is really knowing his word. You can't separate God from his word. They are one and the same. We told you that Israel knew God's acts, experienced God's acts, but Moses knew God's ways through intimacy, through spending time in fellowship with God, his creator. We said that Jesus stated he, in, in the word of God, it says he appointed 12 that they might be with the word of God. Yeah, the apostles went out and did great miracles, supernatural things. But the important thing was Jesus always took them aside to a quiet place and he spent time with them. They spent time with the Word. We said these were the benefits, we, and there's so many benefits from knowing God's Word, and we just gave you four, and we're going to give you the, we're going to talk about the fourth one today. But said in Psalm 119, it says, uh, in fact, turn there, I want, you to, I want you to read this and see this again. Psalm 119 and verse 9, first benefit was the, the word of God will keep you and I from sin. It will keep you and I from sin. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word? With my whole heart, verse 10, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Verse 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word, the psalmist states, I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So why is it so important to deposit the word of God into your heart and to renew your mind with it? Because it will keep you from sin. Amen? The next thing was, it says, we talked about a benefit of, of knowing God's word. It results in obedience. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I've said? As a believer, we said, your words and actions flow out of your love relationship with Jesus. So if Jesus Christ is truly Lord, Lord, and a lot of people can call Jesus Lord, just mouth it, but from your heart, if he's the Lord of your heart and the Lord of your life, and if he asks you to do something, you're going to do it because you love him. Amen? 
How many of you love Jesus? Well, if you're going to love Jesus and love his word, you're going to obey his word. Then we said, if you will put the word of God first place in your life, one of the benefits of, of spending time in the word and knowing God and knowing Jesus, whatever God's called you to do in this life, you'll fulfill it. You'll finish the race. So yeah, how many of you want to finish what God's called you to do, whether you're called to be a businessman, a teacher, you know, full-time ministry, whatever? If you want to be successful at it, then you're going to make the Word of God a priority. Jesus said in John chapter 15, it says, without me or without the Word, you can do nothing. So without the Word, you can what? Do nothing. Nothing. Then we gave you the, the life of Samuel. And in bottom line with Samuel, we learned that listening and responding is vital in a relationship with God. In other words, Samuel heard the word of the Lord and finally realized who it was. Then he responded and obeyed the word of God, and he had a successful ministry. Now, the, 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 the fourth benefit of knowing God's word, and, and just to give you a few minutes on this isn't really enough, but knowing God's word, really knowing God's word will make you successful. Everyone say successful. Now, I looked up the word success. And this is what Webster states, and it says, a favorable or satisfactory outcome or result. How many of you want a favorable or satisfactory outcome or result? Then the next part, it says, the gaining of wealth and fame and rank. Now, we're going to discover there's basically the world has its idea of success, And basically, it's wealth, fame, and rank. That's the world. And Satan, Lucifer, is the god of this world. We need to understand that. But God has his definition of success, and that's what we're going to look at today. Now, years ago, back in the 80s, the early 80s, when we first came here, and some of you were a part of the original, you know, church. We had what we called, uh, and I don't remember what night we did. It was a satellite thing. Remember? How many of you, Mary Jane, some of you remember. Julie, you, you, were, you were little, little. But it was Robert Tilton. You remember who Robert Tilton is, Micah? <laughs> When you go online, you can see Robert Tilton and what he does and the sound effects. Does that help you? Okay. Oh, yeah. But he did a thing, and it was called Success in Life. And we'd meet, and we'd, we'd have this, you know, meeting, and, and we'd see it, you know, live from Texas, and he'd teach on principles on success in life. And, and then what we decided, or somebody in the church decided because um, I was just a newbie, we had just moved, we weren't really that involved and thought that we needed to go out in the community and, and tell the community of Norfolk what success is. 
And I was volunteered to get up in front of this big man's group. I don't know if it was Kiwanis or what it was. But it was a big group of men at the, at, uh, uh, the hotel, Ramada Inn or whatever. So one noon I had to go there and they introduced me and I was going to tell them, this young kid in his early 20s, I'm going to tell him how to be successful. So I got up and I told them that basically the only way to be successful is God and the Word of God. And I'll never forget this because I was nervous. I didn't want to do this. And somebody, somebody else's idea, they should have been the one up doing it. Was some, you know, you know who it was. So I get up. And do it. And then all of a sudden, some guy gets irate and he stands up, Ron, in the back of the Kiwanis group or whatever group it was, and tell me, Who do you think you are telling us what success is? You don't have to have to be a Bible, be in the Bible or the Word of God to be successful. And I'm going, Oh my God, what did I get myself into? He just berated me and was all over me because I was telling them, and I was telling them the truth, but. You know, the Bible says be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. And what I did basically at that point was, wasn't really wise. And I didn't really uh, cause anybody to run, run to the altar and want to find out all about true success because they had their own definition of success and it had nothing to do with God. But I'll tell you today I was right and I'm still right. And if you'll put God first, you'll experience the wealth, the fame, and you know, everything else. But let's look at what true success is. Look at Jeremiah chapter 9. Jeremiah chapter 9. This is a beautiful passage of Scripture. Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 23, it states, Thus says the Lord, let not the man or the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. Now look at verse 24. But let him who glories glory in this. Now listen. That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. There, there's, a lot of, there's a wealth of wisdom there. Now, let me read to you from my commentary. He says, by the world's standards, success is usually measured by three criteria, wisdom, power, and wealth. The successful communicate insights that influence others, which is wisdom, gain strategic advantage over others, power, or accumulate and control resources, which is wealth. Yet God asserts here that these attainments hold no weight with him and that true success 
is measured by our knowledge of him. Say that with me. True success is measured by our knowledge of him. Both understand and know contain the idea of ascertaining something through the process of seeing. To know God is to encounter him, to receive revelation from him as through the scriptures. He implants his thoughts into our minds. Pursue this knowing, cultivated in communion with him as his character engulfs us with the holy wonder of a God who passionately desires intimate friendship with those whom he has created. So God you know, looks at man and is basically basically telling us, if you're smart, get to know me. Get to know me. Don't just depend on your own resources, your own intelligence, your own abilities. And yes, are there people out there that are successful in the world system? Sure they are. But ultimately, are they really successful? Because only true success is knowing God. True success. Now, you, you knew success when you were young. You were successful and you're still successful. But if you knew what you know now and could go back to the beginning with the things of God and a hunger for God, would that made a difference today? Sure it would have. See? So you young ones need to listen. And Kathy said something today, and, and uh, pretty wise, if, if, you, if you don't know something, then get the answer. Ask someone. But what prevents people from asking? Pride and ignorance. Pride and ignorance. So let me tell you something. If you don't, if you've got a problem and you don't know what to do and you don't ask, number one, you have pride, or number two, you're stupid. Oh, I'm offended. Well, then you got issues, honey, because you need to learn to ask. And we made, we made, I made, I'll take it upon myself, I made a lot of financial mistakes early on when I was young. But I'll tell you something, God will still bless you. Even if you make mistakes, people, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. If you'll just humble yourself at the feet of God and say, God, word of God, speak, and then ask for help. Amen. Kathy's through the years has helped her, her, her boys and helped others and just simple things about how to deal with your everyday money and what to do with it when your check comes and how to appropriate the money and, and put it in different funds and just wise counsel. And, and people have seen success because of doing it that way. But, you know, I've always wondered why more of you don't ask. I really, uh, through the years, I've asked why some of you young ones don't ask. We don't know. We don't have, surely don't have all the answers. And when we don't have the answers, then we usually have to go find an answer. But that's what a pastor's for. Now, we're not experts in everything, but I'll tell you what, we have made mistakes. And if you young ones 
will listen to us and take our counsel and then do what we ask you to do, you'll keep yourself out of trouble. But if you don't ask, it isn't on us. And you know how many people through the years we have really made mad, upset, and offended because it was the pastor's fault. No, it wasn't. It was your fault because you didn't ask. You made the stupid mistake. You didn't ask us for advice. Shall we sing a happy song now? It's truth. The only true reality is to understand and to know God. All else is transitory, including wisdom, might, and riches. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. So the Apostle Paul, when it comes down to it, what was important to him is knowing God, knowing Jesus Christ. Look at 2 Peter. 2 Peter. We made mistakes, but we got through it, came through it, and God still has blessed us. That doesn't mean I, I, we all make mistakes and we'll still make mistakes, but the older you get, you shouldn't be making as many mistakes. Second Peter chapter 1, Simon verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant of the apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the what? Knowledge. Need more grace? Need more peace? Then you need more knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these or through these promises you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. All things are provided in this life, now listen, because we know him. Let me say it again. All things are provided in this life for you and I because we know him. And that's what the scriptures I just read. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. That's why it's so important that you and I get to know the word of God. Because if we get to know the word of God, the spirit of God is going to lead us and we're going to be more effective and more successful. Now look at one more scripture, Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. We could spend so much time on this, and basically I'm just kind of giving you an overview. Moses has died. 
It says, after the death of Moses, the what? The prophet? The servant. I like that. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot, foot will tread upon, I, I have given you, as I, told, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and, 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 and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now he's given Joshua <laughs> the next leader a pep talk. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn it from, do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Now look at all that for verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. This book of the law, Harvest Church, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Do you want good success? Then keep the Word of God in front of you. Keep it in front of your eyes. Meditate upon it, think about it, ponder it. The first step in understanding, and this is what he was telling Joshua. The first step in understanding your spiritual inheritance and possessing it is to know God's word. Did he tell Joshua the, his inheritance? He did. He told him, it's yours. But then he went on to say, you got to know his word. You got to have his word. You've got to meditate upon his word. Knowing God's word gives us the foundation which we can learn to walk in faith and do great exploits for God. Now, look at one more scripture. Look at chapter 23, the words of Joshua. The end of his life, was he a great leader? Successful? Yes. Joshua 23, verse 14, Joshua says... He's about ready to go. This is his farewell address. Joshua 23, 14. Behold, this day I'm going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. At the end of his life, Joshua could say that all of God's promises came to pass. Amen? He heard the word. 
He believed God's word. He acted upon his word in faith. And he gained his spiritual inheritance. And so did Caleb, by the way. Amen? They just had a different attitude. So that's so important. If you want to be successful, and we're all at different areas in our life, and we, you know, maybe your definition of success is, is different from mine, but I want to go with God. I want to go with God's Word and what it says if you want to be successful. Now, in the weeks ahead, Kathy, I woke up, we woke up, we're sitting, drink coffee. She says, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through the finances again week after week after week after week. So if you want to be more successful with your money and hold on to it and be, make it more productive and to work for you, because all money is is a tool, then come, young people, and listen to what she says, but then be smart. Amen? Let's stand on our feet this morning.